This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 613, brought to you by Mack Weldon. Underwear, socks, shirts that are better than what you're wearing right now, unless you're wearing Mack Weldon. If you are, then you know. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Welcome to my family pick of the week, 613. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. This is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. How do I do this? What happened? You returned from being a dad. Ugh, no, I have not. <laughs> we are a fanboy. Every week we read a bunch of our comics. One of us picks their favorite book. Even on fifth week, you still got to do it. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books that came out from the week, the patron pick, do some superpowers, some listener mail if we've got time, and we will have time this week. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. What I'm trying to say is there weren't a lot of books that came out this week. Here, this is a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Ex- exercise some caution. Be smart about it. Josh, before we get to the pick, we have to announce that for the second time. The second time? I was. I couldn't remember. I think it's the second time since we've been doing this. The pick of the week and the patron pick were one and the same. So that is if you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, you join up. At any level, every patron gets to vote every week on a book to add to the rundown. Normally, we do it at the end of the session of Comic Talk. But this week, as I said, the patrons picked the same book that Josh did. So there you go, Josh. Tell them what it is. Yeah, so on a week that I had six books. <laughs> and I, I mean, that wasn't like I was like, I got, I, got, I got nothing here. Like I looked around and actively trying to find stuff. But also a bunch of those were way longer than normal books. So I feel like mm-hmm. I kind of got shafted. I had to read for as long, but I had less choice, um, which I wasn't thrilled about. Um, first thing that I read was uh, Batman Annual 2, which we're going to talk about next. That's not the pick of the week. And I thought that was pretty good. Second thing I read was Batman Creature of the Night. And I got very excited when I read the rundown. Um, and the names involved in that are Kurt Busiek on story. And, and again, I'm seeing uh, things go around a lot about how to pronounce things. I asked him to his face. I said, how do you pronounce your name? He said, Busiek like music. I said, thank you. It's Busiek. Were people saying that it's not Busiek? I, no, I just, I've been seeing conversations about other people and people say it different ways. That's the way to say it. I, okay. I, I think we have it on video. That's the first thing I ever asked. I was like, I'm sorry, before we get started with this. This is early when we didn't know how to talk to people. Um, right. We still don't. Really. Was, thank you. I was like, you're leaving it out there. I'm going to have to take it. Nope, he's got it. He's got it. Kurt Busiek, art by John Paul Leon. Uh, I mean, that is, it's not, so good. it's not the same as seeing Frank Whiteley's name on a book, but it's in the ballpark. We, we just we just never see it. Right. I don't, I don't even know the last time I read a book that he drew. I don't know oh, what my. that guy's doing. But no, didn't he do, he did a Batman book with Tom King at some point. I'm sure he did. The past couple years. Um, and then letters by, by Todd Klein. Um, we Terrific are, letter. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you got to respect that. Now, that being said, I'm going to have some lettering bones to pick. All right. We're gonna, that's going to be a caveat to this. Uh, so a lot of this pick for me was... Um, well, let's, before you get into that, let's explain real quick that this is, 
not a sequel to Superman Secret Identity, but it's right. the same kind of thing in which uh, – so Superman Secret Identity came out early in, early in the last decade. It was uh, a book we loved. It was Pick of the Week a couple of times. It was Book of the Month when they put a collection out. Um, and the story of that book was that a kid named Clark Kent who lived in Kansas – who was constantly being made fun of for having the name Clark Kent, who uh, became Superman. And it's that sounds strange, but he, he, he ended up manifesting the powers of the person that who he was named after. And this is, uh, as, this is a similar type of story. This is the next sort of chapter of that kind of idea. And so that carried with it a lot of uh, anticipation. And I didn't read that story until relatively recently. It was probably like a handful of years ago that I actually read that um, Superman story. And I liked it very much. In fact, it, mm-hmm. it, it, I, it became one of my favorite Superman stories that I'd read in the sort of near, you know, in the, in the late era. Um, right. And so a lot of this pick was based on the anticipation of seeing these craftsmen do their craft uh, in a way that wasn't hampered by anything other than just them being able to tell their story. Yes. Um, and at the end of the day, well, I I didn't completely love what was done. I loved the way that it was done. If that makes sense. Which isn't to say I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I did. Um, but the whole time I thought this is just perfectly done. You know, it's like wasn't even. It's not like it's it's my favorite kind of story. But I just I I can't be, with all the comics that we had that we were reading all the time and. What feels to me like a lot of uh, two things, oddly enough, at the same time, there's a lot of flailing and there's a lot of stagnation. So by mm-hmm. that, I mean it's people trying a lot of ideas that aren't good uh, and a lot of mashing up and a lot of like, well, if we take this, but then do this, does that work? Uh, and then stagnation, which is it's the same people doing things over and over again, and it's boring. When we get to somebody like Kurt Busick doing this, he's just so good at it. Yep. That you can't help but marvel. I, I, I could liken it to. I'm gonna go with music because this has become my best, uh, my best analogy for things lately. But like, if you listen to Slash play guitar, uh, when he does it, you just go, "Yeah, that's." It's not super technical. It's not anything amazing. He's not the flashiest person. It's not my favorite kind of music. But it sounds exactly right, and that's what it feels like to read a Kurt Busiek uh, Superman story. And, you know, this very well, you know, other than the Bruce Wayne Batman part, this could have been an arc of Astro City. I mean, it's it's basically the same idea. Um, and the whole time through it, I, I was I was thinking, I really like the, the thing that's on display here. I like his character development. I like the thought process. I like the world build, the slightly alternate left of center world building that's going on. And, you know, it's a, it's a formula he's used. We know it. It's it's good. It's comforting. And then it's at the same time, you get John Paul Yeon. And, you know, that guy is a master. He's, he's, yeah. he, he's rare. We don't see him very much. I don't know what he does the rest of the time, but I'm sure it's great and much more lucrative than comics because I'm sure he could work on any comic he wanted to for all time. I think for the last few years, he's just been drawing that panel of the street, the street in Boston. <laughs> I think that's what he's been doing. Cause it's a very detailed panel. What my favorite thing about this book was that even though it's a spiritual successor to Superman's secret identity, it's not just a copy of it. Yep. Yep. So it's not just a kid who is named Bruce Wayne who be, who becomes Batman. So in the first, in the Superman story, as I said, he the kid was named Clark Kent, and people were constantly giving him Superman presents and making fun of him, and he hated Superman, but he, he ended up becoming Superman. Here, Bruce Wainwright 
is a huge Batman fan. It's it's in the '60s, so it's right after the, it's six, 1968, 68. I believe. It's, the, it's right after the TV show ended. So he's got all this TV show related memorabilia, um, and so you're thinking, well, is he just going to become Batman? And then, but no, it, it he doesn't. And then, in the, the one hand, that's great because it would just be, well, we're just doing the same story again, but this time with Batman. Um, but also I didn't necessarily like what they did, but I don't know what that means yet because it's only issue one. Right. And that was what I kind of alluded to earlier. There's basically the Batman in this is sort of a mystical thing that we don't know or understand yet. And he's either manifest some sort of Batman creature or he's hallucinating or something. Um, you know, that's not our favorite kind of story, but that was offset by the idea that it was something different and, and new from Superman's identity. I Agree. Mean, and it was it was further offset by the way that John Paul Leone drew it. Yeah. Frankly. And, and I, I, to be more specific, like, when I look at this work, um, that Boston street scene is great. And it's funny because that's almost different from what it is I like about his work. Because it's mm-hmm. super detailed and accurate, and I know I, I I don't know that street necessarily. Maybe I do, but I was like, oh yeah, that is Boston. Like it, was, it looks like Beacon Hill. Yeah, oh yeah, totally is. Um, because they had a little money. That's a be be where they are. About the streets are all close together. That's probably the case. But the thing that I love about it um is how he does figures and and people yeah. and and details, and you can see the brush. And this might be digital. Now that I'm I'm looking at it, I'm not sure. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. But you can you can see the brush like everything looks like an, it's impressionist in that way. You you know he's doing. You can just you can see the artwork when you focus on it, but when you don't, you just see the picture. Right. And and I I love that as a style of art. I always have. It's it's you know simpler than it looks. It's Gabe Hardman does this. It's that you know it's in that same vein. Um, and and so watching how he rendered this bat creature thing was was enough to make me be like, all right, I'll allow it, even though it's not my favorite kind of thing. Right. Um, I also really liked um, how the kid was trying to make. I mean, it was kind of like a response to the last story, and he's trying to make it into Batman. His parents get murdered, murdered by burglars. Right. And so, first of all, he has an, he has an uncle named Alan Frederick, who he makes he calls Alfred because Alfred. Yeah. Um, he, he tries to make him call him Master Bruce. If I was his kid's uncle, I would. It'd either be cute or I would tell him he's being an idiot. Uh, and then when the cop who who comes to interview him, his name is um, something Gordon or Gordon something. Gordon something. Uh, you talk. I'll oh, look. Officer Gordon, basically, he keeps calling him Gar- Gordon Hoover. Even though, even though his last name is Hoover, he keeps calling him. He keeps calling him like Commissioner Gordon or Officer Gordon. Um, and he's a little kid. It makes sense if he's dealing with this trauma. Um, I like that. I also liked that. Without saying it, basically, uh, he couldn't go live with his uncle because his uncle's gay. And I like that. A, a Is that lot what too. that was? I think I missed that. And that that was the, the subtext to me. Basically, he he was a wealthy you... older man who lived. He didn't have a wife, and the um, child protective services wouldn't let him. Wouldn't let Bruce live with him. I didn't pick up on that at all. Uh, for basically, I can't find the, exactly where he says why, but basically, it's like you know. For obvious reasons. Okay. See, I saw that, and I thought that that was. I thought that was a bread. What you're saying makes sense, but I thought that was like a breadcrumb trail that we're gonna get later, which I I liked as a thing. But but that could also. I there's a there's an air of. Oh, here here he that. says, uh, I live alone, and my lifestyle dot dot dot. The child welfare authorities just think you'd be better off at the boarding school. Okay. So that's why I, I to me that's that was you know he was late sixties, older gay man who they wouldn't let a kid live with. Interesting. That's really subtle if that's the case. I mean, I, I, you make a good case for it. 
Um, I, I like that, though. I like that it wasn't very... Like, that's a thing that we still have to reconcile. Another thing I really liked is that um, the character grows in the middle of the story where he grows up and he, he realizes that he's on trips around the world during the summer with other kids who have no place to go, and he learns to get along and fit in. He doesn't get more brooding and worse and angry. He copes. Yeah, you see him dancing with a girl. Or, yeah, or... and I, I like that. It's a... It's a it's a more interesting choice than just gets darker and more sullen because I've seen that character a billion times. So what will be interesting is that you know the the Superman story each issue is four issues long each one jumped in time uh, to, to different phases of the of Clark's life. Well, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. The 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 preview page for next week's next month's issue. I hope it's out next week. Uh, shows still a young kid, so it will be interesting to see how this goes structurally. Um, but I, I really liked it a lot. It was beautiful, and you're right. It basically is an, it's a it's a Astro City Batman story. Yes, uh, yeah, but but different than the, the Confessor, which was an Astro City Batman story too. Right. <laughs> he's right. got he he. I mean, it's focused. He's a focused superhero guy, and I know he's done some other stuff. But really, his his strength does seems to lie music. I mean, seems to lie in superhero. But he's an endless well. It's amazing. He needs to stay healthy. Uh, yeah, obviously, for lots of for, reasons. for various reasons. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, the pick of the week and the patron pick. Um, but I think if I had to pick, it would have been Batman Annual number two. Tom King, Lee Weeks, Michael Lark. Why isn't Lee Weeks on a monthly Batman book, Josh? We've asked this question recently and before, and I feel like we're going to have to keep asking it. What's in the closet? Why isn't Lee Weeks on a weekly Batman book? Weekly, not weekly. Monthly. I know why he's not on a weekly Batman book. <laughs> I. You know what? There is a disconnect in comics right now with him that he's not as big a name as he should be. That's this is why. what I this is what I like comics to look like. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. styles, and you know, he's not Darren Cook, and I've always said Darren Cook should draw the comics and yeah. Frank Quietly. They're all different, but I mean, you're, if you, I, I can't, I cannot believe that Lee Weeks is not a style of art that people would buy. I just can't believe it. I refuse to believe it. I mean, this is a this is a Jim Lee world. <sighs> All right. Well, I gotta say, like, when you're in a book and the backup guy, the fill in is Michael fucking Lark, and you're like, all right, that's that's some good work. You know, like, I came, like, I feel like no one talks about Lee Weeks. I remember he did some, was a Daredevil thing. He was on Daredevil for a while, yeah. Like, not too long ago, but we were just like, what? This is amazing. Look how good this is. He's like, he's like a, like a prose artist. Yeah, like the pros are like this guy's doing it, and uh, and other people don't see it. But you know, it's the same. You know, I don't know. Go ahead. What I liked about this issue was that it's completely bonkers. In it, it was it's uncategorizable. So ostensibly, it's about an early early days in Batman's career, um, in which Catwoman is basically tormenting him in his house, uh, showing up to, the, to Wayne Manor to torment him, leaving him mice all around the place. <laughs> And at first I was like, this is awesome. Also, I love that he's just drawing the old costumes. Fuck it. He's wearing trunks. He's got no lines in his thing. It's great. And then, but then it sort of like becomes his own meta commentary thing because they argue over how they met. And Bruce's memory is how they met in the golden age or in her first appearance on the, in the boat story. And then her memory is of the Frank Miller year one meeting. So that becomes a sort of hyper time meta commentary thing about oh. their history together. And then, and then it jumps to the end, which uh, we might get to the Michael Lark, you know, epilogue in which they are old and Bruce is sick, 
and they're married. They've been married for a long time. They've got a daughter, Helena, who was their daughter in Unearth 2, uh, you know, in, in the old Silver Age. And then uh, Bruce dies and with, with his Bat family at, at, at the bedside. Um, so it was, it was sort of this like meta hypertime story of Batman and Selina through the years. It's which a, I liked a lot. It's a nicer ending than The Dark Knight Returns. It's a nicer ending than he probably deserves. That's a that's a that's a statement that you just made. I mean, you know, he's he's I, not the best he's not the best family man, but he's he's, I well, you know, yeah, it, he 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 probably you know it's good. I like that. Dick and Barbara seem to have a daughter. That was nice. That made me happy. Um, yeah. But uh, I just I thought it was a really sweet, fun, ex- expertly drawn, really great sort of rundown of their relationship. And I, even if you take that part out, I thought the, the the cat, literal cat and mouse story between the two of them was really entertaining. Yeah. Is this your pick of the week? This would have been my pick. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been close, but between this and Creature of the Night, but I thought this was yeah. Uh, this was really good. I think. I mean, par- partially your ability to connect those dots and put it together, you know, with that sort of all the history stuff probably. Maybe it helps or hurts. I don't know how I feel about it in retrospect, but I didn't really put that together. That's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, because they didn't dwell on it, you know. Yeah. They were just arguing over how they met, which is something that people do, so I, it's not usual. I, I, don't, I don't understand how Tom King is able to get away with all these subtleties and still <laughs> sell books in, a, in today's market. I I and I, and I, I don't it's not a slight on him. I guess it's a slight on the readership, but it's kind of impressive. He's doing he's just doing a great job. But he also is getting really great artists. Yeah, you know, he is. He's really getting a really great artist to work with him. He's well trained. His stuff is really his structure is really good. His rhythm is really good. Yep, that's one of his real big strengths. I noticed that I'm trying to find a page in which I noticed it the first not noticed, but when I saw it. In this particular issue, I was like, "Oh, that's a really nice." Uh, the uh, the page. Uh, See, so we switched to Michael Lark pages. The the page uh, when they're in the doctor's office, mm-hmm. and you don't really know what's happening, but you know what's happening. You don't really know who, right? Uh, and then so that all takes place on one page. He's doing the every page is a story thing. Like mm-hmm. this is the story that happens on this page, and you flip it. This is the story that happens on the next page. Uh, it's a really strong sense of pacing. Um. Yeah, and 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 the, but even more than that, like you've got that, but I feel like that is secondary to character. The first thing that's going on with all of these people is their character, and it's exploring their inner lives without telling you. Mm-hmm. It, and that's what it is. Like, who is this person? Who does this person think they are? But showing it through their actions and words to others, instead of instead of telling you in in captions, which we're going to talk about in a minute or showing you th- through props. I mean, he has yeah. his mom's pearl in a, in a, in a secret safe, which I thought was a great thing. I had never seen that before. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's true. Man, look at that page when Catwoman's jumping off the roof of Wayne Mather and Wayne Manor into all the cops. God, that's a good page. It's uh page 11. I'm sorry. I was stuck on the other page when they're standing on the roof and he's like, why, <laughs> why are you that, bothering me? That is good. Uh, just the, the the low camera angle through the cops. Uh, it's, you Lee know Weeks what, is so good. You know what Lee Weeks does well? Rain. Yeah. <laughs> he's. I remember that from the Daredevil stuff. Like he's your you rain. Want, guy. You want your rain? He's your rain guy. Well, he's your go-to rain guy. 
let's not discount Elizabeth Brightweiser on colors here. Who, or uh, or Jun Chung on the, I, the yeah. colors on like yes, I'm not. I'm, I just mean uh, the color. I almost think that um, the colors in the second half and and mainly I'm talking about after they come out of the doctor's office and they're standing in the leaves in the park. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Nice, real nice. In the red. It yeah, it's. He looks a little bit like Batman Beyond, Bruce Wayne, just because he's got the cane and the hair and the suit. But I like this. This was terrific annual. I, this is what annual should be, this nice little out-of-continuity um, yeah. story. Talking to you about stuff. it. Well, is it out-of-continuity? This, well, does this I mean, fit with I mean, what he's doing in the ongoing? I think it's complementary. Right. But it's out-of-continuity in that it, it, it ends Batman's life. Well. You know what I mean? I know. It's, it, it could be continuity, but it's you know. You 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 have uh, I think talking to you about it has made me appreciate it more than I did. I, I enjoyed it. I I didn't not enjoy it, but I think that not talking to you, I enjoy it a little more now in retrospect. So that was fun. So last time we talked about Moon Knight, Moon Knight one eighty eight. I think it was because it was the patron pick, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and I read I it again. And I don't know if I said I was going to try another one. I think I did, but I I did because it was a light week, and I figured why not. Um, and it's kind of he's 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 DC's Batman, so it's, this is our Batman block. Moon uh, Knight one eighty nine, and I thought after reading this that if this was the first issue, or maybe the second half of the first issue, I would have liked that first issue a lot more. Yes. In fact, I didn't even think I needed the last issue. No. Well, in normal, the way of going about things normally. That issue would have taken place at the end of the first arc. Mm-hmm. Villain gets away to to set up future confrontation. Next issue, we're going back to show you how it happened. It's a brave, although I don't know correct choice to have done it in that order. It's tough. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Neither of us thought it was bad. No, but we we weren't sure what we were on here. I. I I largely stand where I was on the last talk about this was that I really liked it. It was really well done. I don't really like multiple personality stories, <laughs> but if you're going to do one, this was good. I liked how he could switch depending on his need. Yep. But then it was sort of revealed that one of them, the most psychotic one, is sort of hiding his actions from the other two. And that just makes me think of the movie Switch. Um, right. And Which makes not, you angry. Well, I don't, I don't want to give it away. You'll have to listen to the all-media show. It's not going to be on the all-media show. Okay, so fuck that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, think, I thought Jason Burroughs' art was really good in this. He's great. Um, I, that, guy, I, I, that guy's been living in the Avatar slums for a while. And I know that sounds horrible, but it is, I don't actually mean it. Um but he's, I really like his work here. I think it's great. He draws a really great Moon Knight. I still love, we talk about it every time, I still love the Moon Knight costume design. It's so incongruous. But yep. uh, it's a really great costume. I like the, he's got the, the sort of uh, armor on his forearms, which is a really great yeah. his thing char- to get more. His characters have a little bulk to them. Yeah. That a lot of, a lot of people don't draw in their superheroes. Like I like if like Batman's not drawn like this enough. You know what right. I mean? Like, he's just a little more stocky, which I thought, like, Frank Miller comes to mind first. Like, that stockiness, I think, works really well in comparison to some of the other characters, because everybody's body types always look the same. I think this has bought itself another issue for me. I agree with you. 
like I said, it's it's well done. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the thing at the end is. Yeah, I don't either. So it's fine. That, that's always the case. Now, last page reveals. I'm like, I don't know what that is, and I just, I just move on. I, I go. It's a scary dude. I go on the strength of how. I like it though. I like. I mean, I don't mind the multiple personality stories the way you do, which is fine. Everyone yeah. has their own. Yeah. Um, I just, I like that they uh, interplay with each other, and that it was kind of like there was tension in his head. I mean, there's obviously there's tension in his head as as much as there is outside of his head. Uh, and I like that there's one guy that they can unleash when things get really bad, mm-hmm. which is not something you think of a hero doing, you know. I'm going to release my inner psychotic. <laughs> yeah. And this guy, he stabs the guy in, the, in both eyes. So it was fun. James I McAvoy. I was really impressed by this issue. Yep. I'm yep. happy I read I, it. I said it was good. I am too. I read it because you were like, did you read Moon Knight yet? And I was like, well, I mean, I think I would have anyway, but that sort of just put the fire right. under me to do so. I forgot to put this in the script, but it was just a, a stupidity thing. Uh, I wanted to talk about the New Talent Showcase, which I spent oh, right. DC, all of Oh, right. All of the time reading, uh, new talent Wait, showcase. Go ahead. Before you do that, let's. We need to caveat a couple things. We need to um, disclose that one of those writers in the story, David Camp, used to write for a fanboy. Yeah. Um, and has been on the show before. And friend, also, friend of the show. Also, also you uh, you applied for the talent showcase. I did. And uh, I don't know how far I want to go in my full disclosure because I got a really because you have to get a recommendation from somebody and I got a really nice one. Uh, from a person who we've talked about today. Okay. How's that? Was That's it, as much was, as I want to go. Was it Moon Knight? It was Moon Knight. It was it was the shitty personality. <laughs> oh, that's why you didn't get in. <laughs> no. Um, so this so DC, if, you, if people don't know, DC held a uh, a con- competition to to find new talent. They picked uh, one, two, three, four, five. Let's say six six writers, six artists. I guess they did. Yeah, I think so. And uh, they went through a whole boot camp. They the writers trained with Scott Snyder. The artists trained with um, uh, one of the Kuberts and Klaus Janssen. I think it was Andy Kubert. Andy Kubert, Klaus Janssen, Jim Lee. And uh, so then out of that came this showcase in which they all did short stories. And then Scott Snyder did one with Ibrahim Mustafa. Another, um, an- another person who I've collaborated with. <laughs> um, I have a hard time criticizing this book. Because they are all new, and this is their first real work. Um, I don't. I didn't like here, but there's some things I did like. I don't have as hard of a, a time, um, and here's why. This isn't Sour Grapes. <laughs> I don't think I should have won, but I don't fully understand the criteria. But I do know that the New Talent Showcase was largely not New Talent. It was, you had to have been published. You had to have had a fairly professional track record. So it wasn't like they were just picking up anybody from the street, like the gong show. It was, you have to show published work. You Mm -hmm. had to have, you know, a professional's recommendation. You had to have been somebody and had something to show for it. Not, you know, Marvel DC level, but it wasn't, which isn't necessarily bad, but it does indicate that there was some level of, uh, uh, just, just here, uh, like the, the person who drew, who drew, uh, Dave's story was Sam Lofty. And that's a name I've heard before. I've seen it. Like, I know that's that's a person who's done work. Anyway, um, so there is a certain level of here's what we should have done. That being said, I thought a great deal of the stories were pretty uninspired, fairly uninteresting, and really cookie-cutter in format. 
Yeah, I mean, they're short stories, so they're kind of... I don't find that as an excuse. I've read... I mean, think about... Go back. Think about the first uh, Tom King's uh, short story read in a Vertigo anthology. Do you remember it? Yeah. He did it with uh, um, Tom Fowler. It's one of the best short stories I've ever read. It was about going back in time to kill Hitler. But... I mean, you can do a lot in five pages. You can do a lot in ten pages. And this what? was... Yeah. I'll tell you specifically what it was. And I actually don't have a whole lot bad to say about the artists. I was actually really impressed by a lot of the art in here. I don't know that the production of them was perfect in the at the end of the day. And there was definitely work to do, but I can see why people took this. The thing that kept happening in the stories is that the stories were trying to be all things. They were trying to show, in a lot of instances, it looked like there was a lot, there was a lot of quippy dialogue. Mm-hmm. To show, like, look what we can do with this, but also we're going to bring in every superhero into every single one. I just I just wasn't wowed by anything. And this is also going to sound biased. I thought David Campbell's story was the best one. Well, that's, I was going to say that, too. I, I mean, like, I felt, after I finished, I was like, shit, I was, no, was the best one. I was so worried <laughs> that I wasn't going to like it, and I would have to come on here and be like, no, I didn't like them. And I don't want to say mean things. His was easily the best out of them. It was the one that was like, this is what the character was. It showed me something interesting. It showed me something that I didn't know. You know? Well, uh, it did all that, but I think the main thing that it did was that it let the art work as opposed Absolutely. to a lot of the other stories were were overwritten. Yes. There's a lot of captions, a lot of dialogue, a lot. Yeah. I mean, this Dave actually, you know, did the professional thing, which is less is more. I agree. Um, I agree. And that was the first thing I noticed. He's the best but, artist, too. He had the best artist for sure, and um, I mean, it was a really interesting story about Doctor Fate. Yep. Uh, no, you're right. I, when I finished it, I was like, "Oh, so well, that's going to be awkward on the show." And <laughs> like one guy we know is the best one in the book, but it, it's it true. Really, you know, and I, I credit that to he's been listening to us for years. No, I don't even. I don't think he even listens anymore. He's been writing more. professionally for a long time, that, and that's outside more of comics. So, so that, yeah, but it, it was a really good Doctor Fate story, and I would read a series. It's that the, went from here. It's the first time that I have connected to anything in a Doctor Fate, you know, for a long time, and I, I I really liked that. I thought that that brought me in. I thought the Katana story was fairly well done, although I didn't really, um, I don't really know anything about the character or Carol. That was but. my second favorite, yep. but um, I didn't love the art in it. No, I, I liked the, it. I liked it in the first page. I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting, and then it, it yeah. got fairly conventional after that splash yep. page. The uh, Deadshot story was not good, and the art was yeah. that was the that was not it was I was the a, art was not really professional. I thought we're um, just pretty uninspired. Um, the the night the Nightwing one had a really strange opening. Like it was like they did a two page spread and then they turned it on its side. Uh huh. I didn't like that, but and I didn't think the I thought. I mean, the characterization of Nightwing was a little weird, but yeah. that's fine. Um, but I like the art in it, at, other than the, the the weird shifting of the two-page spread. I pretty much liked uh, the the Miku Jung art on the first story, um, except look at are you can you can you get to the very first page of that story? Uh, one second. It looks it looks a lot like uh, Declan Shalvey's backup stories, a lot like that it's sort of weird. Oh, the, the, the Clayface one. I didn't like this. No, but look at the foot art. on Duke. Who's kicking yeah. him? Like that doesn't. It's not right. I didn't like the. I didn't like page the art. One. In this. Yeah, I didn't like the art in the story at all. Um, uh, the first, the first two stories, I didn't like the art in either one, and I was like, oh god, this is going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ibrahim Mustafa, 
he's not new. He's been doing stuff for years. No, in fact, um, we talked about him last week. He did. He's doing. He did a James Bond book. At, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. I, I actually, I really like him. I, him and I did a pitch to Image uh, a while ago, and he he was good then. I used to I was looking for people to work with. You can sort of instantly tell this is a person who has it or doesn't, and he's had it forever. And also, he's super hungry and really good. And and I want him to. I'm I, I'm really glad to see him uh, getting. You know. Uh, partnered with scott snyder because that means he's going to get more and bigger work um Mm -hmm. i don't think the coloring was great on it no i I like that story actually i thought that was pretty good yeah scott snyder said for a while even before she blew up on screen that he would love to write wonder woman and so this is a fun wonder woman short story yeah it worked um I mean, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag as these things often go, but I think that Dave's story was really good. And I think I would, me and 3,000 other people would buy this Dr. Fate book. Nothing against Dave, but it's more against Dr. Fate. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see more. Yeah. You know? And and I just I, I, I just wanted to see something more interesting than I got. And I, I thought I got things that maybe they weren't given the opportunity to do something and, and it got sort of ground down. That, I mean, I feel like there could be totally an editorial, like you're reaching too far, do this. A lot of what we got felt very plain, and I was like, I was uninspired, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be blown away. I wanted, to, I want to hear new voices. I want to see new talent. Yeah, I was, it was a little surprised from the art side, other than Sam Lottie, that the mm-hmm. art styles were sort of really conventional and yep. not. But I don't know what are you gonna do. I don't know what their criteria was. Uh, Quick break to talk about Mac Weldon. Uh, Mac Weldon, as we said at the very top of the show, is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Unless you're wearing Mac Weldon, Josh, are you wearing Mac Weldon right now? Hold on. Nope, nope. It's out of the rotation. I finished the the laundry would have been mid last week. So you're a mid you're a midweek Mac Weldon guy. No, I'm saying so. If I do the laundry, I went on a little vacation before the holidays, and so I brought all my best underwear on the vacation. Mm-hmm. Let's say I have five pairs of Mac Weldon. Which is right. not, which is uh, admittedly not an insignificant investment. Uh, so I think I ran out e- two days ago, something like that. So, so do you feel do you feel less than? Yeah, I decided I have a preference for the the, the eighteen hour jersey underwear, which is not the way I thought it was going to go, but I was pretty happy with those the other day. <laughs> so, and why is that? Smart design, great fabrics, premium premium fabrics, simple shopping, loud guys walking ab- above me. All kinds of things are great about Mack Weldon. It's the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you'll ever wear. They have the silver line of, of underwear, underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. There's a lot of fouls in that word. Antimicrobial, which, <laughs> I mean, at this point, if we have the technology, why can't we make it all antimicrobial? That's the, one of the greatest things about modern fabrics is the it ain't going to stink. <laughs> it's so cool. And uh, they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like the first pair, you can keep it and they will re- refund your money. But they're going to know much, that that's bullshit. That's like, how confident they know. <laughs> it's good. I mean, if you know it's going to be good. You just get, Somebody's trying to get away with a free pair of underwear. I, I guess you can do that. But you I mean, like, if you want to be a jerk, that's fine. No. This holiday season. But I guarantee you, as someone who's who's owns multiple pairs, as Josh and I both do, you're not going to regret it. So uh, go to MacWeldon.com, get 20% off using promo code iFanboy. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's silly. Get it for people for Christmas. Yeah, or they've, been, they've had packs that they've been doing that are a good value. Get the pack. You know, get a couple pairs of underwear, shirt, some socks, the pack. Pack's Josh pack. recommends the silver collection. No. I, I, well, I do. I do. That's also good. 
there's 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 benefit to both is what i'm saying Lazarus X plus 66. How are Number you doing five. on this? You were, you, I like this issue. Okay, good, because I, I like this issue a lot. This this was in it – wasn't, it wasn't a tight – everything was a tight race, but this would have been kind of in the running for pick of the week. Um, I really like the idea – of uh, basically what we've got here is is we're we're in the we're in the Lazarus world and we're spending time with the journalist who works for one of the families and this basically explores the idea if you're a normal regular person living in this world trying to do a job and your job is an investigative journalist like how do you navigate that I really like to look at what the media is like I and mean, also the yep. idea that all of the families have their own distinct medias that mm-hmm. you know are basically state state media mm-hmm. and uh they can't really do anything. Right. And how, how, you know, how strange that must be. And I always like the idea that there are celebrities and TV shows that they use, obviously, to placate right. the waste. But, you know, they're out there. It, it, we forget that because we're so deeply mired in the war. But, you know, these people aren't just living, you know, in tents before they go to work. They have – there's TV and there's right. entertainment. And it's, it serves its purpose, but there's also celebrities that come. It's, it's, it's an interesting world. It's, to look at to look at it's Nazi Germany, <laughs> uh, which was a thing for that. I mean, it is, and that's the closest. I mean, there are other totalitarianisms, but the you know that was what was happening. Like the Nazis still made movies and they still put out news stories, but everything had to go through the state. Well, there's lots. Of, I mean, China does that, but like yeah, yeah. The the that's the one true. thing I didn't like, and I've seen this in other sci-fi stories, is the idea of the helmet camera for the cameraman. Mm-hmm. Cameraman's got to move his head around too much. I agree with you. Yeah, you know what? As a um, a mountain biker who has put a light on his head to to ride at night, or versus one on the on the handlebars, like your head's moving all over the place. It's not. It doesn't work for a camera at all. I mean, you got to be looking around to see what your clearance area. You got to see what's in the, coming into your shot. I mean, you you need to. The last yeah. place the camera needs to be is on your head. That's a re- that's a very strong technical point that you've made here. It, it makes more sense to have it strapped to his chest than have it on his head. Right. Right. I mean, let's be honest. It would be a floating drone. Yeah. You know, they had that in Back to the Future. You'd think they'd have it here. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Back to the Future really, really predicted a lot of of things accurately. And then others not as much. (laughs) There's a a surprising dearth of Jaws films, for example. You jump ship. (laughs) Every day, baby. (laughs) So I did like it, though. I did like it. I'm glad to hear that. I like the art a lot. The last issue, I don't think I I didn't like the art as much. The last issue... um, and this one, seem, you know, ties in more. It's tied in tied in the stuff that's recognizable. You know, she she uncovers the secret to is it Jacob? Yep. Uh, the son that was kidnapped many 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 issues ago, and thought to have been murdered by the one of the rival families. So she uncovers the fact that he's still alive. So what does she do with that? Because she can't report it. Yeah. As much as I, she wants I, to. I love that. I it just think that's great. Yeah. I like. I mean, even though we're off, we're off to the side right now. It's it's it's. I really like you know this world, so I enjoyed it. So, how are we on Killer Be Killed number fourteen? I still really like it. I kind of want it to wrap up, but only because I don't want it to go too long. Yeah, and I don't. Worried. I mean, we're, we're, I don't want to say we're treading water, um, but so you know, I think something needs to happen soon, and not not, not that nothing's happening, but something. Has to change. Some major, some major beat needs to happen soon because well, he's he's done his thing. He just in this issue he kills the mob boss. He's he's killed a bunch of his henchmen. 
He found out a secret about his family. He's back with his girlfriend. Like, I mean, obviously, there's a big thing that happens at the end where where he finds out his his brother before he killed himself also saw the demon, and then he sees the demon on his girlfriend's face. So, I mean, that's that's obviously a big thing that's happened. That's that's the last thing that I want to happen, though. But I mean, it's, it sounds like it's a mental illness thing, yeah. not like an actual demon. So it seems like it's something that runs in his family because his dad. We found out in the last issue or the one before that that his dad also saw the demon and was putting it in his paintings because he was hallucinating as well. So I do really like it, even though our buddy Mike Romo saw the last issue on my desk, pointed out something about the art that really I could not unsee. But it didn't happen in this issue, so I'm not going to talk about it. No, I want you to tell me. Just Some of his faces were really, really rough. Like he spent a lot of time on certain panels, but not others. Um, I feel like that goes along with Sean Phillips. Some of them looked like he was just copy and pasted faces. Fair enough. Um, I'll tell you... uh, there's one beat in this that I really liked. There's one, and this like if I was to say what was the best thing in this, um, he walks into the Russian mob boss's house, looks at him, the panel cuts back to him, he just goes, it's Dylan, right? That's your name? How close did we get? Shoots him. I thought that was awesome. It was great. I mean, because, I mean, even if it feels like it's treading water, Brubaker's still really good at these kind of stories and mm-hmm. the dialogue and the character work. So I'm, I'm still all in on this book. I really like it. Cool. Mystic U number one. I took a took a flyer on. Uh, this is a story, not what I was expecting. Um, from the cover, I I thought I guess it's going to be a story about Zatanna teaching a magic school, when in fact it is a flashback story to when Zatanna was a teenager when she was at magic school, and uh, it's drawn by Mike Norton, with story by Alyssa Quitney, who I don't know, but. Uh, um, I liked it, but didn't, you know, it was fine. It was like one of those things that was fine when I finished it. Um, it's got a bunch of, you know, younger magical characters. Felix, Felix Faust's son is the bad boy at the school and clearly destined to romance Zatanna. And, um, it's sort of a fun sort of Harry Potter-esque, uh, magic story, school story. One of the kids in her circle of friends is going to turn out to be this evil, force in the future so i guess it's sort of some of those like origin of a bad guy kind of things um i like zatanna a lot which is why i took a flyer on i didn't even know mike norton was drawing it until i opened it up nice um were there any dogs yeah there must have been a dog somewhere <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't register if there was a dog there's lots of creatures and things um but i i don't know if i'm gonna continue reading it i, I did like it but i didn't love it is Mike gonna keep, stay on the? I assume so. I, I could. That's nice. That's nice. But like Cain and Abel, a lot of those magic characters that you yeah. see in like in the Constantine books are in here. Mister E and um, people like that. If you, uh, Madame Xanadu, I think is in here. Xanadu. So if you uh, <laughs> if you like that corner of the DC universe, <laughs> I gotta um, I gotta tell you that for now on for the rest of my life, whenever given the chance to go Xanadu, I will. I'm sorry. It's just, it's too much joy. It's like that Seinfeld episode with the voice. I just want to do that. Hello! But not that, but Xanadu. Sorry. And uh, Frankenstein is one of the professors. I don't um, want him in any comics. Well, you know, the Frankenstein from the comic. I know. The, I know. I don't like him. And there's a hipster magic kid who runs away because he, he was an asshole. Um, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I might give it another shot. But again, this was like a fifth week tryout. So if it comes out in a week when I've got 22 books... Uh, it may not make the cut. Fair enough. We'll see. 
Uh, as we said before, we did the patron pick. That was the pick of the week, Batman Creature of the Night number one. Josh, we didn't do ratings on it. Let's do ratings since it was pick of the ratings. week. Ratings. 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 I'm going to give it a 4.25. Oh, wow. All right. Um, I, I could have gone, gone four and a half. I, I could have done it, but I'm, you know. 4.47. Wow. Five. You just made somebody so mad. <laughs> Sticking with it. Yes, obviously. Yes, obviously. Obviously. I, I didn't know this was coming. I, I like had to double check that it wasn't like a like a reprint like of an earlier thing that you know that it right. was actually a new book. Uh, and I was like, wait, is it a trade? Is it like how did they come out physically? Do we know? Well, it was, it was just I think it's a long the, the original the original miniseries was prestige size. Right. Um, so I just I assume it's, it was probably prestige size with maybe maybe a little hardback. Cool. Uh, spine, but I don't know. Um, you know more about printing printing than I do. They don't do Let's, prestige anymore, but this felt like we, this had come out in 1989 and know exactly what it would have looked like, I guess yes. is what I'm saying. A hard hardcover, not a hardcover. Like a like a like a, a stiffer card stock and that square yeah. bound back uh, on the on like, like, said, like the heavier glossy paper. You're the print print just, nerd now. It turns out I know a lot of things about print now having that be my career. Every week, we like to thank our patrons in addition to the ones who vote on our patron pick. And you should definitely do that if you're a patron. And you should go to the patron page where you can see the rundown of the votes and how close some books came to being a patron pick. Uh, but we also like to su- thank our patrons who support at a higher level, a $5 level and higher, by giving them a superpower. That's all at patreon.com slash ifanboy. And the first patron we're thanking is Greg Bird. And I, I, I was assuming Greg was worried he'd get like some sort of flight power. It's Craig. Craig Bird, jeez, sorry, sorry, Craig. I don't know why I said Greg. Or Craig if, if you pronounce it the British way, because it's an I, Craig, Craig, Craig Bird. Craig looks great in everything. That's similar to my. Everything's just fine. It's similar, but this is about clothing. Uh huh. I, I I get he it. Looks, I, I'm not. He, it's not an accusation. I'm I'm with it. It's like he could put on the worst '80s clothing, and you'd, you'd be like, you know what? He pulls it off. Doesn't Romo have that power? <laughs> he, might, he might. He kind of does. Just, he, you might say, you know what, he just, he just looks good in everything. But the thing is, it's just this mystical thing. He just looks great in everything, I, I no gotta, matter how ridiculous. I got to tell you, that's kind of my dream. <laughs> and uh, it, took, it took nine months and 30 pounds. But I'm almost there for me. I just need to add about two inches to my legs. After that, I'm going to be pretty good. All right. Good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> The leg thing is really the hang-up. <laughs> Get one of those racks and stretch your body on it. I think that's a fine idea. Yes, that works. I'm pretty sure that works. <laughs> Adrian Lilly. Um, he always knows if a thing will fit in another thing. So uh, we got to buy something for your house. Like, is that the right size for it? Yes. No. Uh, or, or clothing, if you're buying shoes on the internet. He always knows if it's going to fit. So Adrian doesn't need a tape measure. No, oh no, no, not not of any kind. No, it's 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 an ability to to check if something is the right size. Uh, this is a this is a boon uh, if you have small children and you need to buy clothing for them. He will he will know that it fits that it will be, that will be okay. And and also every time I've had to buy anything like for the house, like a like a replacement doorknob, something like that, piece parts for the guitar, I never quite know if it's gonna fit. Right. But he know I I could just buy a caliper. That would and help. the thing about buying clothes online is is 
one man's large is not another man's large. But you're not. You're not. But Adri- right. Adrian knows that. He knows which ones. Actually, for this place, you're going to want a medium. There's an element of awareness, uh, a, a supernatural awareness to that, and it's not just it's not just measurement. The uh, mysterious Sam R. <laughs> uh, his clothes, and I realize I did do clothes ones, but that was totally just totally a coincidence. Uh, his clothes are always clean and smelling fresh and new. So he doesn't have to do laundry, or he does Never laundry all the time. Laundry. Never has to do laundry. Do they wear out? At the rate they, of, yes, they wear up. You get you get your, your, your nice fades on your right. jeans. T- it's just that they're always smelling fresh and clean, and they don't absorb dirt. Uh huh. Um, he could roll through mud, stand up, and he'd be totally clean. Sounds a lot like the Silver Line over at Mac Weldon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like he's wearing a Mac Weldon right. body. See, you want them to wear out, and here's why. I have found, as an adult, my clothing and my shoes don't wear out. And so therefore, I have them forever. And I'll be like, I've had this for five years and I don't want to wear it anymore. But a part of me can't like get rid of something for that reason. You donate it to charity. I want to get rid of Right, I know. But like, I want to get rid of something because it's worn out, not because I'm – I just realized, oh, I don't want to wear this jacket anymore, which is true. But, but part of me – I'm a New Englander. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. I, I want, I'm going to try to get everything I can out of that item. But eventually, I, be, I become bored of it before it wears out. See if you were if you were Samar, you'd be trapped in this in this guilt bubble of yep. cl- clothing guilt bubble. Yep, but it's a massive time saver too. Yeah, money saver as well. I yeah. made I waste a lot of money on laundry. Does it only work for uh, for his clothing, like in a household situation? Just what he's wearing. It's like an aura around him. Okay, okay. So it's also it, it protects the outside of the clothing, not just the. It doesn't just absorb. yeah every, everything. Okay, you know what? That's a good power. That's a that's a useful power. Uh, I I don't know how to pronounce this name. Uh, I'm gonna try it. Joao, I believe it's like a that's like a Portuguese or Brazilian name. Maybe I bet there's supposed to be a accent mark in there that I don't know what it is either. Joao Fontes, uh, he's a master of acronyms. He can name anything, uh, and and have there be a, a, a great acronym for it. Um. Whether that acronym forms a name or just makes a sense. So, like, there's acronyms that, that don't necessarily mean anything. Your radar is your NASA, but they work uh, because you remember them or the ones that actually are a word. Um, and not one of those cheap ones that, like, not all the letters count. I don't like that. I can't think of an example of that right now, but he's a, he's right. a master of acronyms. Before, we get, before I have a comment on that, yeah. Joao is Portuguese. Hey. Uh, Portuguese form of John. Well, there you go. Did I pronounce it correctly? Do we know that? Uh, I don't. I don't okay. Know. Well, we're to find out. But uh, so I, what's great about that power is one of the most annoying things in any kind of jargon scenario is learning the goddamn acronyms. So sure. he, he's he's got to step up on everybody. And and, it, and they're good. Like they they don't just they don't just make him look cool. They help everyone. Right. It's like oh wow, that's yeah. easy. That's a fine acronym. <laughs> so there you go, Craig, Adrian, Sam, and Joao. Thanks for being patrons. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. If you give it the $5 or higher level, you can not only vote the Patreon pick, but you get your own superpower. And uh, we, we talk about them every week on the show. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So you can go over to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Uh, our, our next stretch goal, of course, is a non-comics media podcast uh, where we will talk about something that is not comics. 
um, like the uh, forthcoming all media show, uh, which right. which will be uh, coming up this month, uh, which which people really like and look forward to each year. Uh, you can also get over to our t-shirt store uh, at ifanboy.threadless.com. Free shipping until December fifteenth. That free shipping is on Threadless with the code. We're going to write this on the website so you can get it. But cheer F nine one six B two. I wish I hadn't said that. Just go on the website. And it's almost it. like you, ha- you need an acronym for it. Yep. Where's Joel? There you go. He's. He, you know what's one. great is after he listens to this, like he develops that as a personal <laughs> skill. Or go to this, go to the store to see it uh, at the top. You're going to be able to do that there at uh, ifanboy.threadless.com. It's there. We don't even need to write it down. It's there waiting for you. The order, is, minimum order is uh, forty five dollars uh, U.S. or eighty dollars international for that free shipping to kick in. Um, those are good shirts, though. It's a good shirt. I've I've seen some. I mean, I haven't actually seen some out in the world. I'd be crazy to see an elect. If I saw, saw an electro shirt. Like out in the world, I'd be thrilled. I would actually go up and talk to a stranger if that was what was happening. And would say wow. a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, good shirts. Um, there are five designs. We've still got the two classic, uh, iFanboy and Herm, and then the three new uh, Pick of the Week podcast ratings. And uh, of course, the F1 was Electro. And uh, we're going to keep saying it to you until they're here, but uh, more are on the way. Finally, get over to iFanboy.com slash support, uh, where you can find a direct donation to PayPal. Uh, uh, of course, is getting near the end of the year, eccentric. You know what? We're not going to say eccentric billionaire, eccentric millionaire. Even if right. you're not so high up, we're we're willing to take your ludicrous donation. Uh, and uh, and that, we don't discriminate. Nope, nope, nope. You will find other helpful links on the site to help too. All right, let's do at least one audience question. Patrick from North Carolina. I've been thinking about this since I finished Crisis on Earth X, which was seven hours ago. I wonder what you all think of the next the next crossover should be. Also, do you think the Justice League they created in Arrowverse is better than the Justice League in the DCEU? And I don't know what the next crossover should be. I, I don't I don't know. Um, but I do want to talk about that this crossover and the Justice League that they've created here is way and it's not called that, but it's just a, the grouping of all these heroes uh, is way more fun than the one in the in the movie screens. And I think it's because this the TV shows that that um, DC is done with the Warner Brothers is much are much more embracing of of the tropes of being superheroes. They're much more like the Marvel movies. They 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 go all in. They don't run from it. They're fun. They're funny. They've got heart. They wear ridiculous costumes, um, and they don't pretend they're not. And and um, and it's bright and it's fun. And the 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 characters are people you want to relate to and want to hang out with. Uh, and I think that's why they have it over the movies because the movies have almost none of those things. Mm-hmm. Other than Wonder Woman. Let me expand on his question a little bit because mm-hmm. we're not going to write stories about this. But do you – what do you like – do you like crosses, crossovers like that? Are you are you into them? Do you think that – Oh, yeah, yeah. It was huge. You are. There was four hours this week and it was great. It was, it was a – I was texting everybody I knew who watched them. It was – I mean they were super fun. Okay. Uh, it's really fun to see all these characters to get together, especially as you follow them for years. And you don't feel as if – uh, I don't know. It's just kind of you, you've seen that kind of thing a lot. Like no, they're no. I mean, because they keep adding new people to these shows. So there's always different people in the mix. The first one they did, um, which was a major crossover, was they just added Supergirl to the network, so she wasn't really in it. This one was very Supergirl heavy, so it was very you know it was different than last time. Okay. There's been there's been other characters added to the show since then. Um, there was new new things happened. Actually, this one was very. Important to a couple of the shows, some major things happened for two, for two of the shows in it. Um, so it was actually, you know, this one mattered. Okay, cool. Uh, it's it's super fun. I don't feel like it's something I've seen at all before. I've never seen anything like this before on TV. Okay, cool. 
I mean, there uh, was like there's thirty characters in. Let's 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 put this last question in. This this right. this one from Isaac. I'm going to ask it. Uh, my question for the podcast: If iFanboy were to end, what do you think the two of you, and sometimes Ron, would podcast about? To complicate things, please do not consider movies, TV, podcast as an option. Bonus point: What niche podcast would you start absent the involvement of others? Thanks of the others, the, yeah, I know. Uh, thanks for all the fun and in jokes. This isn't a thing that you think about, is it? Is no. it? No, Mm-mm. no, you're not. You are not a man who seeks a microphone. Ironically, uh, I mean, you could play the game. Well, you know, if I had to, right. I could, but, but like, I wouldn't. I don't know that right. I would do anything else after this. I, I okay. So I'm going to play the game. If you had to, what would you want to do? And I could fill in. Well, I could. I can talk. While. Um. Ironically, I don't know that it would. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it would involve you. But uh, I think I I could I think that our buddy Hank and I could do a baseball podcast. Okay, that's what I'm, I think. I, I mean, thank you. I, that, I'm not offended. No, it has to be something that I like enough to want to talk about all the time. And if it can't be a movie or TV podcast, and there's already a million of those. I mean, that's and why. I, and we, I realize I feel like there's a million base, baseball podcasts too, but. The only other thing that I like enough to talk about on a regular basis would be baseball. So that would be the only thing I would consider. But I wouldn't, I mean, taking away the gun to your head rule, I wouldn't probably do anything. I would retire. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I would do, I would do a music podcast because that's the thing that I've been super interested in lately. Um, I mean, if you look at what other, I'm not going to do a parenting podcast because I have to li- – like these are the things that are in my life that I would know things about and I wouldn't do that. Cause... Podcast to get away from that. Exactly. Um, I would do a music one. Now, if it, it's funny because this is a different world than when we started the iFanboy video show because now everything is on YouTube and there's a lot of shows. I watch a I watch a guitar podcast video show on YouTube called That Pedal Show. It's out of England. It's a lot like our show was. Mm-hmm. And I, it's be, it's done better, you know. It's technically much nicer, but really the heart of it is these two guys who know a lot of things and are really good friends and like talking to each other. Um, right. And it uses that format a lot. Um, so I could do it alone, but it'd be fun to do something like that. Uh, so there'd be like they there'd be talking about music, and then there'd be like making music, like guitar uh, based kind of thing. I think that'd be really fun because like a how to. <sighs> or informational like it, like if you think about like like gear or things like that and there are a million of those but um a lot of them are good i mean like i don't want you know like there's there's right. there's something there's a disconnect sometimes between somebody having a personality that you can relate to uh plus the know-how plus the technical ability to make it look like something professional um, right. i don't know if i'd want to do video again Oh. I don't. I don't know that you would have time. I can't imagine you would. No. Yeah. This is a. This is a perfect world kind of thing. But if I think if there was any podcast that were going to happen that were audio only, it would be it would be music based because that's what I feel like talking about lately, for the past few years. Yeah, it's hard. You have to, the, the Venn, It's got to be a Venn diagram of something that you really like enough to want to talk about all the time. And, and, and if there's anyone you have else, some you, authority on. You have to have yeah. some authority. Or at least, yeah, or at least, or at least an entertaining opinion about whatever it is. Well, I, I mean, the authority is, you know, to the extent of like your your opinions are informed and valid. Like we didn't have any authority about comic books when we started, and we only do now because of entropy. Time. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. It, it, it's hard to, for us. You know, we got the same question after Goodfellas Minute ended. It was like, what are you doing next? And it's like you have to find something that you all like enough to want to spend all that time working on it. And it's uh, not uh, – there's not a lot of lot crossover. And that's – I mean that's why we didn't do another Minute show because we couldn't 
think of another thing that we loved that much that hadn't been done. That we all loved that much. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was it, yeah. That hadn't been done, and also that format is oversaturated. But, yes. like, it's a hard thing to just, you know. It's oversaturated really like, for us really to like want to. It's oversaturated for us to want to try to be in the middle of it. We have enough ego, I think, that we're like, we want to be one of these thousand people. <laughs> no, I just, it's just, it's just, it's just there's a lot of people doing them. I and mean, that sure. was, that was one minor consideration. The major consideration was well, there wasn't a movie that we all wanted to do that we all like. Right. Anyway, the point is, it's, it's, it's hard to find a po- uh, podcasting subject that you're passionate and knowledgeable enough about to, to want to do on a regular basis. Contact at ifanboy.com is the email address. Um, We talked about it last week, but we did a Justice League podcast where me and Ryan and Mike – I don't remember who's on these shows anymore. (laughs) You weren't weren't on that show. No. It was me and Ryan and Mike talking about Justice League and then uh, also before that, Thor Ragnarok were me and you and Mike talked about Thor. I was on that one. Um, So you can find those on the feed behind – you know, back in the feed. They'll Mm -hmm. be there. Find them in the background. And then also other shows that I happen to be on, like like it's like I'm supposed to be on them. By the way, it's <laughs> not it's on. not special. It's not sp- it's not like I did something extra. Uh, we did a Booksplode, uh, which is our, our book review podcast. Where we talked about Jason Aaron and Cameron Stewart's The Other Side. Uh, this was uh, Jason Aaron's first professional published work. Um, it was done for Vertigo, a five issue uh, miniseries that came out in the past. Uh, we talked about that. There is a Talksplode coming soon. I have the. Uh, the guests lined up as we approach the holidays. I cannot promise you that it will come out in December. I'm going to try for it, but it might very well be that you will get two shows in January, a Booksplode and a Talksplode. That is at worst. Um, but it's a good subject. It's a person I'm super excited to talk to. I keep thinking about that last show that I did uh, with Phil Hester, and uh, I, I just really dug that, and, and I, I want to keep making him feel like that. So... Uh, yeah, getting getting scheduling done around holiday time is hard. So worst comes to worst, we'll just have to bump it to, to January. There'll be two patrons uh, unlock shows in January. I will. I will hint. That might have happened last year too. Actually, I will hint this at you: is that artists are a lot harder to nail down than writers. Um, they have less time, especially yeah. if that artist is a family or whatever. And and I have to work around that. But if I don't, there's some people I just never talk to and I want to. I've got the next one lined up too, and I'm super excited about that. So uh, timing might not be perfect, but but I promise it'll be good shows. I think I think that happened last year too. It's just the holidays are hard to schedule these interviews around. That yeah. might have happened last year. That's fine. And also, as we mentioned last week, the holiday schedule, let's give you the update. So this is episode POW 613. Next week, December 10th, we'll see the release of Pick of the Week number 614. That is the final Pick of the Week show of the year. The week after, December 17th, will be the all-media year-end roundup, which we do every year, which we talk about our some of our favorite stuff in movies, TVs, books, podcasts, comics, et cetera, et cetera. That'll be December 17th. And then sometime in the following week, around the 19th or 20th, you'll see the Star Wars The Last Jedi show. And then that'll be it um, for the year. And we'll be back January 7th with Pick of Week 615. So that's the rest of the year and then the beginning of next year. Our challenge there is to not get behind. We're going to have to read our books over that time, or we're screwed that first week. I don't have that problem. Well, I do. If I don't have a, if, if I don't have a deadline, I don't do things. So sounds like that's, that's your your issue to work out. 
I mean, it is. I don't know why you got to be snotty about it, you asshole. <laughs> well, because you, you wrote me into it. It's not my problem. So it's not just, okay, okay Captain Spreadsheet gets everything done on time. Head over to IFAM, whatever. <laughs> the, 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 real, the real benefit is I've got two cross-country flights in that, time, in that oh. break. So I can, I can read during that point. Oh, I just want to read novels when I have time, man. Sorry, everyone listening. I, but... Uh, head over to ifanboy.com to find all of our other podcasts. Like, uh, like a, I always get that like in the wrong context. Like facebook.com slash ifanboy and follow at ifanboy on Twitter to find out who the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And you can follow us individually. I'm at J.A. Flanning on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Connor is C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. And if you like the show, write a review on iTunes, please. Or, or just do a star rating. That's something you can do as well. Just click on a star. It doesn't take Ratings. more than two seconds. Ratings. Ratings. Um, better yet, tell your friends about us. If you didn't, if you didn't use us as a, devi- as a diversionary device during Thanksgiving, oftentimes the same problems are up there at Christmas. Mm-hmm. There was some awkward political discussion over my Thanksgiving. I mostly left the room. That's a classic uh, Kilpatrick move. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, these things could happen. If you need a diversion, throw the podcast up on the stereo. It's kind of like that Adele sketch in Thanks Saturday Night Live. See, uh, your move is different than mine. Your mm-hmm. move is get out, like, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to go now. Mine is, you know, I'm getting into this. And then I go, oh, I should have done what Kilpatrick would have done. <laughs> Which is a different thing. You. Uh, yep, I know. The people, the person I would have had to get into, it was very intimidating. Really? Yeah, You're like sorry. really tall and a large man, you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah uh, I, I can't get any more details than that. So, after, uh, so that's it. Yes, thank you for anybody who spreads <laughs> the word around. And we appreciate you telling people about the podcast. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Once again, next week will be the last show of the year. My name is Connor. And I'm Josh. Ratings. Ratings. <laughs>